for me. Uh, uh, Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 10. Watch this right here, guys. Let's, let's read this before we read chapter 4. For we, as you and me, for we are his workmanship. Workmanship. In other words, God designed you and me. God is the architect. God is the designer. God is the creator. And he formed me and you. He put desires in me and you. He put skills in me and you. He says, for his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto, what's that word? Good works. We were created for the purpose of performing good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. What does that mean? That basically means this. Before you were ever born, God had a plan for you. Before you ever arrived on this planet, God had a purpose. God had a plan for you. God had before ordained that you accomplish good works. And God made you and designed you to be able to accomplish them. And all God's people said. Now, with that being said, let's look at Ephesians chapter number 4. Verse number 1. Ephesians 4 verse number 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. Paul says, I'm begging you. I'm begging you that ye walk worthy of the, what is a vocation? A job. He says, you have a job. You have a vocation. I'm begging you to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Look in verse 7. Look in verse 7. But unto every one of us, how many of us? How many of us? Every one of us. If you're breathing air this morning, this pertains to you. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the, the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, let's not look at that as individual people as far as an evangelist that travels around and preaches the gospel or, or a pastor who stands in front of a congregation and delivers a message because a lot of people may have the gifting, but that may ne not necessarily be what they are for. In other words, you can, have, you can have a tendency to pastor people or care for people, but not stand in front of a congregation and deliver a message. If that makes sense, say amen. You have these five different giftings that God has placed in the church and given people in the church. Verse 12, why? For the perfecting of the saints. The word perfecting means completing, maturing, the developing of the saints. Why? For the work of the ministry. When the saints find their gift, when the saints develop what God has given them and they deploy it in the church and involve it in the work of the ministry, then the last thing, the body of Christ is edified for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, the word edify means to build up. It means to strengthen, to be made better. And we'll hear about that later on. So what is the point? When I find my place, when you find your place, when we are plugged into the area that God has designed us to be in, the body of Christ will be edified. And when the body of Christ is edified, the name of Christ will be glorified. Say amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for your goodness and kindness and letting it be warm in here. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to come together and gather together and learn from your word. And God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated.
Amen? Somebody liked it. Amen? Now listen, let's face it. There's areas in life, there's areas in sports that we'd have to sit on the sidelines. I mean, let's face it. I'm never going to make it in the NFL. It's not going to happen. And for that matter, Jalen ain't going to make it in the NBA. Say amen right there. It's not going to happen. We don't have, don't let me get on you, Buchanan. Amen. Don't let me. You know. He's never going to be a pro hockey player. Amen. Uh, he's got two pretty teeth. Amen. We can't put him in, in the hockey field. Here's the thing. There are places we will never make it. We will have to sit on the sidelines. But do you realize in the church, in the ministry of God, nobody has to sit on the sidelines. Nobody has to sit on No, everybody is qualified for something. Everybody has the ability. Everybody has the talent. Everybody has a gift to be used for the glory of God in the church. You don't have to be a sideline sitter. Somebody say amen. God wants to use you. God desires to use you. God planned to use you. God ordained to use you. Let's get busy doing what God called us to do. Here, three weeks, we've been discussing this topic. We've been going over what God has planned for our life. We've talked about discipleship. We've talked about the different giftings and how God planned for us to accomplish something great for His glory. And, and, and I want to finish this off today and really focus on your specific gift, what God gave you today, all right? If you're with me, say amen. amen. Number one, if you're taking notes, I'm kind of going old school on you. Uh, I, I've, been, I've been trying to... to, to do my notes and with like one point a piece and all that but hey we're going to have three points and subs under every one of them so follow along with me if you will in your notes and and, and write this down for me uh, first of all number one i want you to see the placement of your gift the placement of your gift how did we get it where did it come from the bible says the bible says that jesus gave us gifts he, he spread them abroad he, he was the only one that had them all and when he left and went to glory he gave us all gifts look what it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, in verse number 18. But now, but now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Everybody's gift is sovereignly orchestrated. In other words, and I use the word sovereign because God is in charge. God has authority. God is wise. He's smarter than we are. He knows us better than we know ourselves. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're so much higher above us. And God knew what he was doing when he gave you the gift he gave you. Period. Bottom line. God knew what he was doing when he gave you your gift. I thought I, when, I was, when I was growing up, I, I had planned on being a veterinarian. I, I wanted to be a veterinarian. God was calling me to preach, but I said, no, I don't want to preach. I want to be a veterinarian. I've watched my dad go through grief. I don't want no part of that. I want to be a veterinarian. Dogs don't talk back. Say amen. But you know what? God knew what he was doing. God knew what he was doing when he was calling me and putting me and gifting me and putting in me what I am supposed to do for him. So we see that the placement of our gift is sovereignly orchestrated. Then write this down. Watch this. It is specifically, watch, it is specifically organized. Look in verse 1 Corinthians, same chapter, chapter number 12. It says, For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together. The word tempered there, it means to mix, to take different ingredients and mix together. How many of you, how many of you have a grandmother, have a grandmother that's a real good cook, 
and you ask her, Grandma, what do you put in that? And she'll say, a little bit of, and a little bit of, y'all know what I'm talking about? My, uh, uh, my, my wife, her Mimi in, in Georgia, lives in Swainsburg, Georgia. I mean, actually, it's, it's Twin Cities, Georgia, but that's in the middle of nowhere. They don't even have a Walmart. Come on, people. I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. Well, this woman can cook like you have never had in your life. She makes a Brunswick stew. Anybody ever had Brunswick stew? She makes a Brunswick stew that will blow your socks off. It is unbelievable. I have tried my best to convince Tammy. I said, go to your grandma, find out what she puts in that, learn how to make that Brunswick stew. And when Tammy goes to her, you know what she says? Well, honey, I, I, I don't know. I just put a little bit of, and a little bit of, and I told her, well, watch her and write it down. Because she can take, listen, she can, it's just like a southern cook. They can take nothing and make something out of it, amen? Puts a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But when the final product is brought to the table, it is something glorious to behold. Now, each ingredient may not seem like that big a deal on its own, but when it's tempered together... Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Maybe us on our own, we may not be that significant. Me with my skills or gifts may not be that significant. Uh, Brother Jalen or, or Brother Buchanan or Brother Kendrick or, 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 or Brother Jeff or the different ones we have here, the different ladies that are serving and doing what they do. Hey, hey, we might not be much on an individual basis, but when you bring it all together, what God does with it is incredible. Amen. Do you realize do you realize there's churches all over America that's calling and coming? They're flying here. They're driving here to see what God is doing. And I'll just tell you what God is doing. God is taking a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and he's putting it together, and he's letting people who are willing to do what God's called them to do, willing to apply the gifts that God has given them, he is putting it together. And when he's through with it, it's glorious when it comes out the table. Say amen. Now, God knows what he's doing he is orchestrating it he's specifically giving this one that and that one this and and he is doing it like he knows it needs to be done say amen number two number two so before we go to number two and understand the purpose of our gift we need to all be in agreement that god is the one who orchestrated this whole deal god is the one who gave people the ability to sing god is the one who gave people the ability to teach God is the one that gave people the ability to preach or to serve or to administrate uh, or the gift of giving, service, uh, uh, mercy, the gift of all of these. God done it. Can we, can we be in agreement there? Okay. Now, number two, the purpose. Why did he do it? Why did he do it? Why did he put in me what he put in me? Why did he put in you what he put in you? What was his purpose for, for, for doing all that he did. First off, if you're writing this down, write this down. First, so the body could function properly. So the body could function properly. What, what, what does it mean? What does it mean? Do you realize that, that when, when and, I, and I, hope you, I hope you understand this part of the New Testament, when Paul was trying to explain how the church worked, when he, when he, when he was explaining how the church functioned and how important everybody is to making that happen he compared the church to a human body 
And he said the human body has different members. For instance, the, 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 the ears and the nose and the eyes and the mouth. And he said just like the human body has different members that have different responsibilities, what does the ear do? This is really not that difficult, folks. Amen. What's the ear do? What's the nose do? What's the, the mouth do? All right, all right. So, so are y'all with me? They all have different responsibilities. When you go to eating through your ear, we're going to the emergency room. Say amen. It's not working right. Something, something's out of whack. And what, what Paul is saying here is the body of Christ is just like the human body. We all have a different part. We all are a different member. We all have a different responsibility. But we are all together in one body, even though we're different, even though we're unique in our gifts, even though we're unique in our abilities and our skills, we're still one body. And we are to function together for the benefit of the body. Is this making sense? It's like this. When you go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and you kick the nightstand with your little bitty toe. What happens? The whole body comes to the rescue of that little part. Say amen. And that's what he's trying to say. We all are a part of one body. And we are all supposed to function properly. Now what happens? What happens when a part of the body does not function properly? Life gets real hard. How many y'all, how many y'all, you young people, you don't, you don't know what this is, but how many of y'all, uh, you, you got to that age, uh, some of y'all, it happened very early, some of it later on, but when your eyes quit working like they used to, raise your hand, you know what I'm talking about, uh-huh, my aha moment when I was in the shower trying to read the shampoo bottle, I found out, I didn't have a seeing problem, my arms wasn't long enough, say amen, and I'm like, this is not working right. What happens when a part of the body is not functioning properly? It makes life difficult. I, I can't help but think of Miss Barry. Miss Barry struggles. She, she fights diabetes, and she's, she's done it for, forever, it seems like. And, 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 and she's constantly in a struggle, constantly in a, in a fight, uh, constantly with diet and with, with medicine and with shots and all of these things. And, and I've seen her frustrated, and I've seen her aggravated, and I've seen her just go through life in a difficult and sometimes sometimes unbearable way preacher what are you saying i'm saying when a part of the body is not functioning properly it makes life difficult what's that got to do with church i wonder how many body parts in here are not functioning properly and because of that we're struggling i wonder how many how many how many people are here today and because you're not operating in your gift the, the, the body part of this body of Christ here on the corner of Campground Road is not functioning fully like it could be. It's not, it's not 100% like it could be because we don't have all of the body parts functioning properly. Why did God put you here? If, if you are here, it's not an accident. We believe around here is a divine appointment. And God puts you here on purpose. God placed you here so you could use your gift and use it for the glory of God. Say amen. So, why did God give us this gift? He gave it so the body could function properly. Not only that, not only that, but B. So the body could function properly, then so the body could fulfill its purpose. In other words, why am I here? You realize, you realize somebody said this. 
The two greatest days of your life is the day you were born and the day you found out why. Think about that. The day you were born and the day you found out why. Why? Because everybody wants to know they live for a purpose. They're not just existing on this planet. They're not just going to work and going home, going to work, going home. I'm going to work to pay the bills, pay the bills, going home, and, and, and my life means nothing. I'm just in a rut. Do you realize one of the highest-selling books of all time is The, is the Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren? And it's not because Rick Warren's such a good writer. He may be, but, but that has nothing to do with it. Everybody wants to know that their life counts for something. And everybody wants to know, why am I here? They want to know their purpose. They want to know why is it that God designed them the way he did? Why is it that you think the way that you do? Why is it that you operate the way that you operate? Why is it that God placed you here at Temple Baptist Churches in such a time as this? You want to know that you have a purpose. Well, a, a teacher told a story to help us kind of understand the different functions and how they work, the, 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 the gift of prophecy and, the, and, 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 and evangelism, mercy, so forth, the gift of service and all that. So he, he told a little story of a party. They, they, and imagine this, a party's going on. They're getting ready to serve the dessert. The person bringing the, the dessert to the table trips and the dessert falls on the floor. Now, let's watch how different people operate in different ways. The person, uh, the person with the gift of prophecy, he says, now that's what happens when you're not careful. A person with the gift of mercy says, now don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Any, anybody could do that. See, he's always coming to the defense of somebody. A person uh, with the gift of service says, hey, let me help you clean that up. They want to get involved. They want to be a hands-on type person. A person with the gift of teaching says the reason it fell is it was too heavy on one side and the next time put it in the middle. How many of y'all know they can be irritating sometimes? Uh, uh, no offense if you have the gift of teaching today, all right? The person who has the gift of exhortation, I love this guy right here. Don't worry about it. From now on, let's just serve the dessert first. Put it in the middle of the table so it won't fall and everything will be all right. Somebody say amen. I love that guy. The gift of giving. I'll buy a new dessert. We'll put it there, no problem. And the person with the gift of administration, here's Brother Dustin. Jim, you get the mop suit, you pick up the plate. Mary, you go fix some dessert, and we'll make it happen today. Rock on, people. Say amen. That's Dustin. People with a gift of administration usually irritate the people with mercy. And the people with mercy usually irritate the people with it, the gift of administration. Because the people with the gift of administration are black and white. It's rules, rules, rules. Give me a form. Say amen. That's kind of an inside joke. Only administrators would know that. Uh, the gift of mercy is, hey, let's just all get along. Let's just all be happy. And, 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 and it's not all black and white. The world is gray. It's not a black and white world. Hey, are y'all with me? You see how all these work? But watch, when I was reading this story, you know what stood out to me about this whole story? They were all functioning the way God designed them, but it was all for the betterment of the situation. Now think about that. We have a problem. We have a tragedy here. The dessert has hit the floor. And if you don't think that's a tragedy, I can't help you. Say amen. They have an issue. They have a problem. Well, everybody, they, they responded in a different way, but all of them responded in a way that was to better the situation. So preacher, what are you getting at? What I'm getting at is this. God gave us all gifts for the edifying of the body of Christ. 
God gave the teachers the teaching gift. God gave the preachers the preaching gift. God gave the exhorters and the, and the givers and the servants and, 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 and those who have the gift of prophecy are so spiritual and they want to pray and spend time with God to find out why. So that we could be better. So we could be better. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying we need to operate everybody. Everybody needs to operate in their function so we can be well, I already think temple's great. Think how much greater it can be. And all God's people said. Number three. This is really, this is really the, the main part of the message. This is really what I want, I want you to get today. How many of you would agree that God gave us all something? Okay, that's a little weak. Come on. How many of y'all agree? I know it's cold outside, but we're warming up. Amen? How many of y'all agree God gave us all a gift? Okay. How many of y'all agree that God gave that so we could function properly? All right, all right. Now, what do we do now? What do we do now? What's the next step? All right, now that I know that, what do we do now? This, this, this uh, young minister was walking down the road, and, and uh, he looked over up the sidewalk to this house, and there was this little young fella, and he was trying his best to hit the doorbell. But he was just a little short fella, and he just couldn't make it. He was jumped. He'd try to hit the doorbell, and he'd just fall back down. He'd jump, try to hit the doorbell, and fall back down. He just could not make no matter how hard he tried. Well, you know, the, the, the minister probably had the gift of mercy, so he wanted to walk over there and help him. And, and he said, let me help you, son. Let me help you. So he reached over there, and bam, he hit the, he hit the doorbell and turned around and looked at him. He said, now what? He said, now we run like crazy. <laughs> now, <laughs> now. I know, I know, now that we're talking about getting involved, you want to run like crazy. But we don't want you to run like crazy. We want you to say, what do we do now? What do we do now? First this, number three. Number three, I want you to see the process of your gift. The process of your gift. A, write this down. Your gift must first be discerned. Your gift must first be discerned. Do you know why a lot of people are not operating in their gift? They don't know what it is. They don't know what it is. We want to change that. We want you to discern it. We want you to figure out and find out what that is. You say, how do we do that? How can I discern the gift that God has given me? First, one great way is the gifts and passion survey. That's what we're, excuse me, that's what we're going to give out tonight. Uh, it's a gifts and passion survey. It's a way, it's a mode of finding out where God gives you. Now, it's not perfect by no means, and which nothing is absolutely perfect, but it is a great way for you to find out where and how God has gifted you. This past week, we were in life, uh, or not life, life recovery, but life groups. Uh, this past Sunday evening, we were in life groups, and if, you, if you've been in life groups the last couple of weeks, you know this is what we've been discussing. We've been discussing involvement. We've been discussing service. We've been discussing our gifts and how they apply and so forth. So right in the middle of group, and usually we, we don't have phones in life group. They're kind of off limits. We want, we want to be in there with no distractions. But, but when your daughter from the Dominican Republic texts you, you answer it. Say amen. Well, I'm sitting there in life group, and, 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 and she comes up on my screen, and, and this is what she said. And I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating this a bit. This actually happened. We're in the group talking about service. We're in the group talking about giftings and how they apply and how we can use them. And this is what she asked me. She says, she says, Daddy, what is my spiritual gift and how do I use it? I'm writing a paper tomorrow. Hurry. Now, needless to say, needless to say, stop what I was doing. And I called Brother Dustin. Brother Dustin has uh, uh, 
all of our gift surveys on his computer. And, uh, and when we've taken them, she took her gift survey several years ago when we first started doing this. And, uh, and he called me back in just a few minutes, looked it up, and, and watch this. Now, this is, this is Rebecca, my daughter, who is working in the Dominican Republic in mission work. This is where she scored high in leadership and prophecy. Now, think about this. Prophecy is that person who really wants to hear from God. That person who prays about everything. That person who has a great desire to serve God and be close to God and be where God wants them to be. I mean, it nailed her almost to a T. And look what she's doing. I'm not saying this thing's going to be perfect, but it will greatly help your ability to find out how God gifted you and where God gifted you. Gifts and Fashion Survey, tonight, 4 o'clock. We're going to pass them out. Come and take it. Come and take it. What else? What else? Here's another good way, a great way. Experiment. Experiment. Say that with me. Say it again. Say it again. That means try something. Try something. Listen, you'll never know if you like it or don't like it unless you try it. Now, some of you are missing out on some of the greatest blessings that this world has to offer because you won't try it. I've got a coon hunting buddy. You're going to think I'm kidding, and I'm not going to bark like a dog today. I'm not going to do that. Uh, uh, I can't even say it. It just blows my mind. He has ne- Now, he's 76, 77 years old. He's never in his life ever tasted tea or coffee. Let me say this again because y'all didn't hear what I said. 76 years old. He has never in his life tasted tea or coffee. And it drives me crazy. I said, well, let's do it. Let's start. I'll buy it right now. Pull over. Let's try this thing out. And he won't do it for nothing. He'll suck the bottom out of a sun drop, though. Say amen. And I'm thinking, do you realize? Do you understand what you are missing in the South if you don't drink sweet? What's wrong with you, man? And miss it. You know why? He won't try it. And you know what I said? I said, why won't you try it? He said, I'm afraid I'm going to like it. <laughs> How many people are missing out on really enjoying ministry? How many people are missing out on some of the greatest blessings you'll ever know in your life because you're afraid to try? Don't be afraid. Well, what if I fail? So what? What's, what's, what's it going to harm What's it going to cost? You know, listen, if, if you don't like it, spit it out. I can't, I'm sorry, I'm always using food analogies. I can't help it. You, just try it. That's what I tell my kids. Oh, what if I don't like it? What if it's not? I said, well, spit it back out. Amen? What? Try it. If you don't like it, try something else. But I promise you this. If you try something and you, you, you say, I'm not going to give up till I find what God wants me, you're going to find that spot, and it's going to click, and it's going to change your life. When, when God was first dealing with me about preaching, I said, no way in this world. No way in this world. There's no way. I was terrified, but I knew that's what God wanted me to do. I said, well, if I'm going to be terrified, I'm going to just be terrified the rest of my life. Here we go. And you know what? Today I can't think of doing any other thing than what I'm doing right now. You know why? Because I was willing to get in there and try it. 
my dad, most of you know my dad, he, he was a pastor, and when I surrendered to preach, I surrendered to preach on a Sunday night. And this is what he told me. This was his exact words. He said, son, be ready Wednesday night. I surrendered to preach on Sunday night. I'm 17 years old, and he says for me to be ready to preach that following Wednesday, three days later. And this is what he said. This is what he said. Son, the only way to learn how to do it, just get in there and do it. And you know what? I did. I did. It's pitiful, but I did it. Amen? You see, you got to discern it. One way to do that is a gift test is a great way. Excuse me, gift survey. Gift survey. Uh, uh, experiment. Try things out. And then pray about it. Just say, God, lead me. Show me. Show me what. You have not because you has not. B, write this down. i got to hurry. i got to hurry. What was the first thing? What do we do with our gift? First, we say it with me. We, we discern it. Then we develop it. We develop it. Nobody, nobody is a good preacher when they start. Some of them ain't a good preacher when they finish, but nobody start. I'm sorry, it just came to my head. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Come on. Nobody's a great teacher when they begin. Nobody's a great ball player. Everybody's born a baby that messes their diaper. Say amen. Don't ever think, well, I either got it or they don't. That's not true. Sometimes you may have the gift. You may just have to develop it. Let me give you an illustration. Let me give you an illustration. This is a really cool illustration. Ripley's Believe It or Not, <clears throat> Ripley's Believe It or Not took an item, and they pictured a plain bar of iron, you know, just regular old iron, a plain bar of iron, and this plain bar of iron in its, in its present state was worth $5. Say that with me. It was worth $5 in its present state condition same substance it was just in a plain bar it was only good only worth five dollars all right well it was developed it was developed into horseshoes in other words this same bar of iron was taken and developed into horseshoes and now they were worth fifty dollars so the same substance that was developed a little bit it now become it was worth five dollars but now it's worth fifty dollars well, you take that same substance. You take that same substance, the same bar of iron, and you develop it even more, and you develop, you develop uh, uh, needles with it. The amount of needles that you would receive from that bar of iron would be worth $5,000. Now, it's the same substance. It's just been developed. Watch this. This is even better. If you take that same bar of iron that in its current state, in, in the same substance, just as a bar of iron, it's worth... But if you take it and develop it into balance springs for fine Swiss watches, it would be worth $500,000. Now, what determined... What determined the, the, the cost or the value of the substance how it was developed now watch this i don't want to upset nobody look at me everybody look at me everybody i'm not here to offend nobody but i wonder how many people who have five hundred thousand dollar potential is sitting in a five dollar state because they're not willing to develop their gift i wonder how many people are sitting in the pew right now who have just a, a 
unbelievable amount of potential to use for the glory of God, but they're not willing to develop their gift. Listen, we can change that. All it takes is a willingness and effort. Willingness and effort. Say it with me. Say it again. If you will be willing and you make an effort, we will help you develop your gift so that you can do number three. We want you to discern it. We want you to develop it. And then see, we want you to deploy it. Do you know, do you know how much... Do you know how much those $500,000 springs for that Swiss watch are worth sitting on the shelf? Zero. They only work and they're only valuable when they're placed where, the, oh, hallelujah, where they're placed where they're designed to be. Where do you need to be? Where has God designed you and purposed you to be here at Temple? Now, I'm going to close with this. I don't even like saying it, but I'm going to say it. How many, how many of you here, how many of you here have been coming long enough to know I don't beat around the bush? How many of y'all come here and you know I love you with all my heart? And because I love you with all my heart, I'm going to tell you straight up just like it is. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. And as, as bad as this hurts me to say this, I would rather, now everybody pay to this, you don't have to write nothing down, this, this, just, just listen to me right here, because I need you to get this. And make sure and get it, because if you go out and say something that I'm saying different, I got it on video. I would rather you serve in another church than to sit in this one. Preacher, what are you saying? I've heard people say, well, I just can't find a place to get plugged in at Temple. Well, then I need you to plug in somewhere else. Because the body of Christ needs what you have to offer. And if you truly believe that you can't get plugged in here, you're in the wrong place. And I would rather see you serving for the glory of God in another church than I would you sitting and wasting your skills and your talents and your gifting in this one. Now, trust me, I don't want nobody to go nowhere. I work too hard to get you here. Say amen. I want, these, I want every seat in this tent filled. I want every seat in that temple over there filled. I want everybody. But I would show much rather you serve somewhere else than sit and do nothing here. Why? This world's going to hell. Do you realize the church in America... It's plateauing. It's dying. It's dying. And much of the reason for its condition is because we have $500,000 worth of people sitting on a pew staying in a condition where they're only worth zero. So point. what's the point? The point is this. I, I, want, I want you to come. If you're not serving anywhere, I want you to come tonight at 4 o'clock. Take that gifts and passion survey. Let us help you discern your gift. Let us help you get plugged in here. Why? Why? Because here's the thing. Why would any pastor stand up in front of a congregation and tell them to go somewhere else? What would possess a man to do that? 
because I want you to be as happy doing your thing as I'm as happy doing my thing. And I know you'll never truly be satisfied or fulfilled in your life till you're doing what God called you, commissioned you, designed you, and purposed you to be and do. And all God's people say it. Let's stand to our feet. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessing and your mercy. God, I, I, I pray. I pray that you'll help us catch the vision, catch the dream. Not, not, not just the dream, but catch the responsibility we have to accomplish your will in our life. God, we're going to give an invitation. and There's some folks need to pray and say, God, where do you want me? They need to pray and say, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to serve? Where do you want me to operate? Where do you want me to use my gift? God, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll touch, you'll help, you'll bless. God, I pray, Lord, that you'll move in an awesome, awesome way. I pray that you'll just give us what we stand in need of today. We want your perfect will done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.